Hi, and welcome to the study of God's Word from the pulpit of First Baptist Church, Winton, California. Spoken words program your heart either to success or defeat. Words, they carry faith or they carry fear. And they produce after their own kind. This morning, I want to talk about the power of words. And the reason for it is I've actually had a few conversations this week about people who came up to me from previous weeks and talked about words, how they're being said, why they're being said. And its relation to how a Christian or those who know Christ should be saying them. Because we know that words are a very, very powerful tool and one of our spiritual weapons. So this morning we're going to talk a little bit about that. But a good example of words can be seen in the news media. Let me explain. You hear a lot of talk today about promoting and controlling the narrative. What does that mean? How do we control the narrative? Well, the term narrative is uh, defined as a story that connects and explains a carefully selected set of supposedly true Events, experiences, or the like. And it's intended to support a particular viewpoint or thesis. Do you follow me so far? That's what a narrative is. So how is it possible that a narrative can control how we act? How is a narrative to control how we act? How is that possible? And it's because of this reason. Words can program the mind in specific behaviors. Words are very powerful. More powerful than even an atomic bomb. I've heard it said that an invading military wouldn't have to launch a single nuclear weapon or warhead at America in order to take control. All they would have to do is influence the media and control the narrative. And then we would just hand it all over willingly. But let me apply this to our daily life. You've heard... The old saying, the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. In actuality, we all know that words hurt more than anything because they have a powerful and lasting effect. We often allow the words that people say to change how we think, how we act. How we dress, 
and even determine what we do with our life. You see, this is what we all must understand. You cannot truly know God unless you know his word. You cannot truly know God unless you know his word. Without the word of God, you cannot possibly hope to have a relationship with God. We need this more than ever. We need this more than ever. And what do the scriptures declare to us? What do they declare? So then by faith come by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Romans 10. People believe in God because the word of God is shared with them. Paul adds to our understanding in this regard, saying, in order for people to believe in God, they must first hear the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So in other words, there is no separation or separating the existence of God from the Word of God. And these things are are definitely inseparably linked together. You cannot have one without the other. And for this reason, the word of God has to be the utmost important thing to each and every one of us. It has to be the priority. The word is how people come to Jesus. The word is how people can get to know Jesus. And it's through the word that Jesus ultimately seeks to heal, to help, and to save mankind. So what did Jesus say? Search the scriptures, for in them ye think and ye have eternal life, and they are which testify of me. John 5:39. Psalms 47 says, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. So, how did we get saved? How did you get saved? How did you first receive the reality of Jesus Christ in your life? Was it not by someone sharing the reality of Jesus Christ with you? But also, it was through the Word. It was through the Word. And brethren, how do you think others will get saved? How do you think we're going to save them? It's through His Word. It is not by you declaring the reality of Jesus Christ through them, but through the reality that Jesus Christ lives within the Word. And the word must live within them. And this is the promise that he had promised us, even eternal life. 1 John chapter 2. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Acts 16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. 
This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is God's plan for salvation. And it's through the word of God that we share this message with others. So we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about taking control of our thoughts and speaking words of faith and speaking words of life. God created by his word. God created by his word. In Hebrews 11.3 says this, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. If we turn back a few pages from there and you look at the creation account in the book of Genesis, we learn that God created everything there is. This includes the world and the entire universe. Like I said in Hebrews 11.3, we are shown how God created He framed it. He spoke of it. He created things by his spoken word. In 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 5 we read, By the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water. And then in Hebrews chapter 1 earlier than that we read that he made the worlds, upholding all things by the word of his power. So once again, the Bible teaches us that God created everything, everything by his word. So what does that exactly mean to us? What does that mean to us? If you're back in Genesis, we read, then God said, let there be light. And then there was light. So when did the light appear? When did the light appear? It appeared after God said. After God said. Or rather, after he spoke the words, let there be light. So God created by speaking. And this particular phrase, then God said, is mentioned nine times. And it tells us that every single time, God made something, he spoke it into existence. In Genesis 2.19, we read, Out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that is what its name was. God created the animals of the earth, but he didn't name them himself. Why is that? Any of you questioned that before? Why didn't God name them? He did this in order for Adam to have a small part in that creative process. As we would say in the business world, God was giving the man some ownership in the project. We read how all human beings are created in the very image and likeness of God. And that we have been given dominion over the earth, being made in the image and likeness of God. You might say that our words have a spark of creative power in them, but nothing like God's. 
The Lord created matter out of nothing. We can't do anything of the sorts. And I'm not even suggesting anything something like this. But we do have a certain creative nature and ability within us. And that's the reason why the world is filled with such beautiful works of art and music. So let me ask, what power or how much power do we have with our words? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 and 35. And this is where we're going to focus our message this morning. Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 and 35. See, this teaches us that we can create, we can create our success. Verse 34, for out of the abundance of the heart of the mouth speaks. And then 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Now I want to begin here by saying that spoken words program our heart either to success or defeat. Words are like containers, if you will. They carry faith or they carry fear. And they produce after their own kind, meaning that our words lead to some sort of outcome. If we speak words of faith, then we're going to believe words of faith and act in faith. Our heart will become full of faith and we will continue to speak those words of faith. Reinforcing that faith every single time we open our mouths. Receiving the good things of God and the will of God, which is an outcome, obviously. But that happens by speaking words of faith. Words of faith are those that are believing, encouraging, positive, uplifting, and edifying of others. There is an important example we have of a word of faith leading to a life-changing outcome. And we read this in Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and then later on in verse 17. It says, The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So according to Paul, the faith needed for salvation is already in our heart. It's already there. Romans 12.3 tells us, God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. But that faith, or rather, or belief, must be spoken and confessed 
before we will receive our salvation. Let me say it again. Faith that is confessed leads to receiving. In other words, our words of affirmation towards God provide us a blessing from God. So who, who here does not think words are powerful? Have you ever been in a situation where you know the things that you've said hurt someone else? And to you and maybe in your mind, they were nothing to you. But it deeply hurt somebody else. How deeply hurt would one be if they were approached by God and said, and he said, I do not know you. Be gone from me. Knowing full well that we have had opportunity to speak to these people. To give them an opportunity to understand what God's word says. For them to receive salvation. So that when they are approached by God, they can hear those words of, Well done, good and faithful servant. Which would you rather what do you want to hear? Maybe you're sitting here today and you don't even understand even a little bit about what that means. What is it to have a relationship to Christ? What is it that I need to do in order to hear those words from God? In Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Words are powerful. Jesus stated that belief and speaking that belief aloud leads to a specific outcome, and that is moving the mountain. We can have what we say if it is according to God's will. 1 John 5.14 But too many of us are instead saying what we have. We're only to see what's right in front of us or right in front of our eyes. We are confessing what is going on in life right now. Instead of confessing what God says we should have. In order to receive in faith, we have to stop focusing on what we can see. Like all the bad things that are going on. And instead, look at what we do not see. If we really desire for good things to be happening then we have to see those good things in our hearts. Amen? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we must confess what we do not see. We must speak the things that we hope for, the things that line up with God's will. You will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. It's clear cut 
There's not much to expand upon there. Because God said, this is what it is. And so we follow in faith or we do not. That's the choice. That is the option. You either do it or you don't. And keeping in context with verse 34, we know that Jesus was saying an evil man out of the evil treasure of the heart brings forth evil things. The words that we speak are seeds that produce after their kind. So just as sure as they are planted, we can be equally sure a harvest will follow. Jesus was saying that if we speak evil from the evil thoughts in our heart, then evil deeds will follow as we act on those thoughts that have been reinforced by our words. So, let's apply this another way. We will continue to speak words of defeat, becoming faithlessness every time we open our mouths. Proverbs 6, 2 says, You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Speaking evil or faithless words becomes our folly. It can lead us to acting in ways that result in failure, defeat, and even harm to others. Proverbs says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it, meaning death or life, will eat its fruit. Whatever we dwell on in our heart is what will come forth in our life and be the fruit that we bear. We read in Proverbs 23, For as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. What is the prevailing thought in your heart? Is it Christ-filled? Or is it you-filled? You see, God is all about creating good things, not bad things. Genesis one thirty one. we read, Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was what? It was good. In fact, it was very good. Satan, on the other hand, likes to create bad things or to destroy the good things of God. He does this by trying to negate God's word. For example, in Genesis chapter 2, the Lord told the man concerning the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. But when we move on down to Genesis chapter 3, we read where Satan told the woman, you will not surely die. So he inserted one little word there, the word not. The word not. The devil wants to negate and destroy what God has spoken and created. And I'm not just speaking about the good things that God made in the creation of this world. I'm also referring to the good things that God has created or wants to create. 
especially in the lives of his followers today. How many times has Satan deceived us into negating God's word, negating God's will for our life? Let me tell you, God's word is not void of power. God's people are void of speech. We know what the word says. We need to confess it. We need to speak those words and not be apologetic for it. We need to stand out in boldness and speak the words of God. He has empowered us to do so. So let's get busy. If you want to know who God is and you want to have a meaningful relationship with Him and if you want to be used by God to share the gospel and to preach the truth, then we need to go all the way back to the start. Look at the statement with me in John 1, 1. Turn there now. John 1, verse 1. And I read it earlier. John 1, 1. Everybody, say it. Well, read John 1, 1. Sorry. In the beginning was... In the beginning was what? The Word. Now, pause there for a second and try to get your mind wrapped around this. Because of what we are told here is that right from the very start, before anything and everything we know in the world today, God's Word existed. There's the proof. Those who want to disprove the Word of God claim that it has no bearing in our lives, that it is absolutely not the truth, go to John 1.1. In the beginning, there was God's Word. But think bigger than that. Think before World War I and II. Think back before King Richard and all the Crusades. Think back before Caesar in the time of the Romans. Think back before Nebuchadnezzar and all the splendor of Babylon. Think back before Moses, Pharaoh, and the might of Egypt. Think all the way back before the garden and Adam and Eve and creation and all of mankind. I'm talking about all the way back before all life and even the concept of time existed. Before everything else as we know it even existed, what was there? The Word of God. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 tells us exactly what we need to do. We need to speak the Word of God. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says this, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall mediate in it day 
and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. We have creative power in the words we speak. We can create using the words of the enemy and bring about death and destruction. Or we can create using the word of God, which would bring forth and about life and blessing. The very word that existed in the beginning, which John says was embodied in Jesus, is also the holy word of God known as the Bible or Scripture. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 5, it's called the word of the truth of the gospel. Joshua said that we need to keep the words of the law and apply it today. Keep the words of the Bible always in our mouth or upon our lips. And that if we do so, it will lead to making our way prosperous. Will be a success. It's right there in the Bible. So when you hear of things in the world, we hear about all the horribleness, the evilness. It continues because we refuse to speak the truth. The word of God is what's going to change it. It's not by electing some politician that's going to change the world. It's not by anything that we can do on our own. It is clearly only going to come from the word of God. And for Jesus to step in and heal hearts. Period. Understanding who we are according to the word of God. And knowing God's great love for us. And embracing his plan for our life will certainly bring about blessing. And I think all of you can attest to that. And once we learn who we are and what we have according to the word, we must speak it. We must speak it. And now we find out who we are by reading God's word. And as we speak aloud that what we have learned in the word, then the Lord will bring to pass the promises found therein in his good timing. I know that we become impatient. I'll be the first in that line. In God's timing. It is hard to see the good in a world full of the rather. But if we continue to speak words of life, we continue to speak words inspired by the word of God. Oh, what a change that would be. So what are some of the things that God says about us. We like to be affirmed, right? We like to know that we're doing things the right way. So what does God say about us? Well, for starters, we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, 
For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So, the next time we feel like we're being condemned and we're ashamed or wondering if God loves us, we should speak aloud and declare, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Another example. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 4, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So the next time that we're under attack by the devil, or we're facing a seemingly impossible situation, we need to speak aloud and declare, Greater is Christ who is in me than the devil in all of his attacks and schemes. The most important revelation about Christians found in God's word is that we are forgiven and we are redeemed of our sins through Jesus Christ. Concerning this revelation, Psalm 107, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So we must begin to speak and confess that we are saved and forgiven of our sins. We must say so. And we say it loud. And we say it proud. And this will break any spirit of bondage and defeat upon our lives. And allow us to begin walking in confidence and faith in the Lord. But if we have not yet come to understand that we are a child of the King and we have failed to realize the power and authority that we have from God and if we have failed to realize how deeply we are loved and cherished by the Lord then we are probably believing words of defeat and acting in defeat. We're probably living that defeated life which is where the devil wants us to be. But we can change all that by believing what the Bible has to say and agreeing with God's word and speaking it out in every circumstance of life. And even speaking it over the lives and circumstances of others. Our faith is not our own. It needs to be spread. We need not be concerned of ourselves. Look where you're sitting. Are we lucky to be here? What about the individual who's not sitting with you? We must speak words of faith. So, how would a pastor conclude this message? Because this is not the first time you've heard this. Maybe some of you have. But how would you conclude that we need to speak words of faith? That we need to say nice things? Not do evil things. This is Christianity 101. But what does it mean for you? How do you apply it? Maybe you're in a situation this morning, you do not know Christ. 
and those of us who do know Christ and have a relationship to him, what does this mean for us going forward? We need to be reminded that the most basic spoken word of faith is that of confessing Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord of our life. That's it. Paul said that the power to confess Christ and receive salvation in faith is already within us. He said, the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In a nutshell, and I've used that a lot today. If you want to know true salvation, speak the words. Speak the words. If you want to see your life begin to change for the better, it starts by accepting Jesus Christ. But I must emphasize, however, that we are to accept Christ solely as an act of obedience in order to please and serve Him, not ourselves. We do this not only for our own benefit, but we also know that we do have many benefits as believers. Especially we speak the word of God in faith. But the Christian walk is not about us. Understand that. It is not about us. It's all about Jesus and glorifying Him. That's why Paul said he died for all, that those who live shall live no longer for themselves, but for Him who died for them and rose again. In closing... I would extend that opportunity to you this morning. That if you do not know Christ, why not today? Why not today? Are you waiting for the weather to get cooler? Are you waiting for your life to magically change for the better? You think if we have a new administration in office and the economy changes, that that's, that's a good time for you to do it? Christ calls everyone to him. Can you hear the call? Can you hear the call? And so you have an opportunity this morning that if you do hear the call, and you do not have a personal relationship to him, I invite you to come and speak to us today. Speak words of faith. Speak them into others. Let us encourage those who need encouragement. Let us bless those around us because that's what God wants to do with us. We can receive the blessing, but in receiving that blessing, we are to bless others.
Amen. Dave. Russell, would you put Jesus Messiah, please? Let's stand together. Pastor Chris will be here. A few of you have talked to me briefly about facing decisions. And if you would like to make your faith in Christ public today that you've never done that before, you've accepted Christ recently, this is your opportunity. If you're looking for a church home and you've been visiting with us for a while, you're saying, you know, this is where I want to belong. I want to serve. I want to get involved. Here's an opportunity to come and let that be known this morning. If you want to come to the altar and pray, you can pray right where you're at. But if you want to grab somebody to come with you and pray with you, please, now is the time. We don't know what this, even this afternoon holds. Don't leave here today if you are uncertain about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the greatest opportunity that you'll ever, ever have presented to you to come face to face with the truth and to give yourself over to Him and to live a life, live a life abundant, free, and joyful. You'll still experience some stuff as we all are. But we have hope in Jesus Christ. Jesus Messiah, Russell, please. Let's sing this. He became sin who knew no sin that we may become His righteousness. Yes, He humbled Himself and carried the cross. Love so amazing. It is. It's love so amazing. And He's Jesus Messiah.
Jesus must Just a reminder of today's activities, 3.30 deacons meeting, 4.30 Awana, 6 o'clock dinner, and then 7 o'clock Herb Henry concert tonight. We invite you all to be here. Bring your friends, bring your family, bring your neighbor, bring your dog, bring whoever. Get them here. They need to hear this music. Wonder- huh? Did I say dog? No, I did. But No, get everyone here. They need to be hearing the gospel message through their singing and what a joy it will be to you and enlighten and a light and a dark world. Amen. So we were looking forward to that this evening. We look forward to seeing you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much that you love us. Even in spite of our iniquities, Lord, you're there for us. You've sent us the ultimate gift, and that is your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for this opportunity today to be here, to be enriched by your word. And I pray as we go out into the battlefield now that we're able to use our words to further your kingdom, to shed light to those in a lost world how desperately they need to know you. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you that you love us. Thank you for the opportunities that we will have, Lord, to tell others all about you. And all these things, everyone prays and we all say, Amen. Have a great day in the Lord. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we invite you to call on Him now and through a simple prayer of faith, give your life to Him. If you're not attending a church that honors the Bible as the Word of God, we encourage you to locate and begin attending such a church in the area where you live. The message you have just heard was preached from the pulpit of First Baptist Church, Winton, California. For more information on the ministry of First Baptist Church, Winton, please visit our website at wintonchurch.org. Thank you.